Hi, I'm Sean Hessinger, and this is Small Biz in 15, the show where we bring you small business success in 15 minutes or less. Please like and subscribe if you enjoy the show. This week on Small Biz in 15 on location, we travel to Austin, Texas for Zoho Day 2022 and talk to Zoho product manager Teja Scadia about how to use low-code and no-code solutions to improve your workflow. When we say no code and low code, mm-hmm. what what are we really saying? What what is it? What do we mean when we say it's no code or low code apps? That is a million dollar question. So low code, no code is a term I think has gone a little bit muddy because now everybody wants to be a low code vendor and everyone says they have low code or no code capabilities. The way I kind of separate it is a no code product is purely driven by point and click configuration. So this could be anything that just point and click, drag and drop create something, have some fields, some customizations. Your workflows should be easily um, configurable through simply typing in some maybe criterias and adding in uh, actions, should be very simple. Low code takes that and ups the ante a little bit where the foundation is still no code, drag and drop capabilities, but the added benefit or the uh, low code part of it is generally through some abstracted scripting language. So the way I differentiate a scripting language from a programming language is if you're kind of familiar with Excel and kind of uh, Excel formulas and maybe even in the macro space, then that is like the low code space for you. I think most people are pretty proficient in Excel and kind of are scared by the code word of low code, but a good product will have a good scripting language that makes it very easy for somebody to pick up and take advantage of very quickly. Because ultimately, you can have a workflow through some you know, wizard that builds out, but if you have a complex process that wants to calculate, I don't know, like let's say commissions for salespeople, and there might be some algorithm or some logic, algorithm's a fancy word, but I think even small business owners would realize that their logic is really an algorithm that they've created, they just don't really call it that. But uh, you know, it'd have multiple variables coming in, like their quota, how long they've been here, what their region is, whatever it is. It's hard to kind of make that formula in a point and click configuration. You do need a little bit of coding, which is really just kind of math at the end of the day. And so it sounds a little scary, but the goal is really, you want something where it's easy to get started and to build something with this point and click configuration, but you don't want to hit this glass ceiling. And that's a big problem with a lot of these platforms. The simpler it is, if you get to complex and as your company grows, your process will get complicated and have more variables and kind of branch points and stuff. But you need to have that scalable where we're going to, you can grow with the platform and you know that there's, uh, let's call it just advanced functionality hmm. around the corner you haven't tapped into. So long story short is, you know, when you pick anything, whatever it is, you kind of want to come in at the bottom of the knowledge of that product or capability and then work up. So if I buy a software, or if I buy anything, I don't want to be buying the best and be using the top edition. Right. I want to come in at the bottom and let it grow with me. Because if I come in at the top level, enterprise edition or whatever we call it, then there's nowhere for me to grow to. There's no added functionality. There's no added features. There's no nothing. So I'd like and encourage, especially small businesses, you start small and you want to grow with something that's going to grow with you. How easy is it to build an app with a low-code or no-code solution? Uh, I'd say, one, it's super easy. But more so, I think there's been a big shift where now – Actually, the smaller the organization, the more nimble and actually they have access to better software than larger organizations. That gives them a big leg up in order to really kind of grow faster than their maybe larger competitors. 
And what I mean by that is LocoTool specifically, uh, as a small business owner, maybe let's say less than 50 employees and even smaller, the more nimble. The larger you get, the more administrative stuff you have to get into. But the smaller you are, the more control and knowledge you have of whatever process it is you're trying to solve. And LocoTool lets the process owner or the process uh, person who has the key stakeholder basically, let them define the process, create it, and more importantly, rapidly make changes to it. Because as a small business, things are always tweaking. You create a process, next week it could change or you need to add some new uh, workflows in there. You want to be able to make those changes quickly and have that control on your own rather than having to outsource it to a developer or maybe pay a partner or something like that. You've got to explain it to them. They don't know your business inside and out. So that intuitive like click you have in your head, that's where like the real X factor of low code is because you can have an idea and implement it within the hour, within the day. And small businesses specifically have that better understanding of the process that larger companies you're a lot more separated from it your role is siloed you don't really know you know you might make an app for your team but it might connect to another team and then there's a disconnect small businesses you have that extreme advantage of everyone's on the same page the knowledge is shared the efficiency you gain is a lot more like uh, tangible and a lot more you can noticeable for any organization can you just give a couple of examples maybe from your own experience of things that you've seen uh, customers do with a low-code or no-code solution? I've seen I've the most simple things and the most complex things. So I've seen a simple registration form and I've seen ERP systems and everything in between. Anytime someone's getting started though, I always tell them to start with the registration form. Start with something as simple as possible um, and sometimes even personal things like, uh, to give an anecdote like uh, my sister got married maybe like five, six years ago, give or take, and she wanted a um, an RCP system for her wedding. And so I was like, all right, well, we looked in the market, Indian weddings are a little bit complex. They have like all these events and different people are invited to different events, whatever. And so it was kind of difficult to find a good solution in the market. And I was like, you know what? I am a little biased. I kind of know low code, no code tools pretty well. Let me build something for you real quick. So we built like a complex, not a complex system, but a, a fairly, um, you know, a lot of logic in there where people can register, you type in your email address, these are the events you're, you're allowed to attend, are you bringing kids, can you bring kids to this event, will you get like a reminder text the day of the event, here's the address, here's the address code, kind of thing, you know, small little, but it's like a non-work related thing that lets me think about what is the workflow, what is the process gonna be like, and it gives me that confidence of when it comes to a business sense, I can translate that same questions that I asked of what happens next, what should happen before, what data do I need to make sure is present in order for it to work. So those sometimes those most more personal non-business examples give people the confidence to build the more complex things over time. If that if that kind of makes sense. But a lot of I mean to answer your original question, yeah, everything from registration to inventory management to um, facilities management to kind of um, even, I mean, everyone that registered for this event registered through a creator app. Hmm. Everybody kind of submits their information. These are my dietary restrictions. This is when I'm coming in. This is when I'm coming, uh, leaving. And then in the back end, there's an entire team that uses the app in a way that most people will never, or the person submitting the, uh, their information never sees. But that's where we book the flights. That's where we manage communication, schedules, all that kind of stuff, availability. There's a lot of back end tools there. So, um, yeah, everything. There's, there's nothing I haven't seen quite yet. Well, let's take a, an example, like a concrete example of a business that might be, you know, not terribly technical in terms of what they do. Okay. Uh, say like an installment company that they have a sales force that goes around and talks homeowners into installing something. Mm -hmm. And then they have a, a, a team that goes around and install stalls things and they have to track things like uh, how many sales they're making, what the commissions are for the sales. They have to track things like uh, they have to figure out uh, what the installation routes. Maybe they work with subcontractors 
who do the installations. Mm -hmm. So then they have to worry about that and the cost of the contractors and everything. How could a no-code or low-code solution that they'd want to put in, that they don't want to hire a whole technical team on top of everything mm -hmm. else, how, how might that help a company like that? So I would say there's probably two good paths you could probably make. The first is a lot of people who look at low-code, no-code solutions, they kind of go with this like build first mentality because they want to like problem solve and fix their own things and build it themselves from scratch. I would say sometimes there's no need to reinvent the wheel. So sometimes for customer management in this installation company, maybe it's good to have a CRM and have your low-code tool augment or expand upon an existing CRM functionality. You can build a CRM in a low-code fashion. You have some tables for contacts and leads and deals you're working on, installations, appointments. These are all you know CRM foundations. But sometimes it's best to leave that part to the CRM and then focus on creating a custom experience for maybe the installers that are going out there in the field, having a way for them to check into a location, add pictures and take uh, add notes of whatever it is that they're installing, have a customer sign for it on the spot. These are all kind of ways that are outside of the CRM scope, but kind of where the low-code X factor kind of is. So, or you can just go all in and build it yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there's different, there, I wouldn't say there's a one size fits all, but I almost always tell people, make sure you check the market out, see if there's something that does exactly what you need it for before you go into this build first uh, mindset. It's, you know, which is kind of counterintuitive because as a proponent of low code, I'd want people to be in a build first mindset. Right. Right. I also don't want them to like rack their brain and, and mis make mistakes of, not knowing what the best structure of a CRM system is. Use something in the market, if that works for you, then you know build something in addition to it. If it doesn't work for you, at least you know exactly what doesn't work and you can fix those problems in your app. Otherwise, if you just start building for the first time, you don't know what's right, you don't know what's wrong. You may think you do, but there's a reason you didn't use what's available in the market and that's what your custom app is solving. And if you don't know what you're solving for, then you're kind of just building another another solution that's already available. You know, I've talked to small business owners who use low-code and no-code solutions and still end up sort of, you know, hiring somebody to help with the process. Not a technical person, but somebody, because what small businesses also, also face is a time crunch. Mm. Um, you know, anybody can use Facebook, but that doesn't mean you can manage your, your social media campaign because you might be doing something else. Yeah. Um, is there a benefit to low-code and no-code if you're going to have to hire somebody else just for the time constraints as opposed to going and hiring a developer? Um... I think one of the, like working with the developer or partner is is not always a bad thing. At least it's someone to just bounce ideas off of and make sure you're doing something the right way. The problem is finding a really good developer or partner that kind of is on the same wavelength as right. you, but you want to make sure someone's not like upselling you or telling you the wrong thing, all that kind of stuff. But for working with the partner in general, there are things that you can build. They might be time intensive to build, but you also don't, you want that person to bring an added expertise of solving a problem that you wouldn't think of yourself. Well, I'm sold. I, you know, I want a, a low-code or no-code solution. But my question is, okay, once I've made this decision, how do I shop for one? How do I know what to look for? You said at the beginning of this, boy, it's getting to be a, a muddied term. Yeah. Uh, how do I know what I'm getting? How do I know if I'm getting something really as simple as, as you're saying that I'm going to be able to build myself? Or if they're using that as a marketing term and maybe it's not really... Yeah, it's always hard to cut through the marketing, especially nowadays as marketing getting so big. But uh, kind of going back to what I said earlier, I think longevity of a company shows that we're invested in kind of the growth and success of this uh, product sector, whether it's the only thing they make or one of the many things they make. And the other thing is the history of evolution. Is this thing getting better over time? Is it actually uh, 
adding more features that I probably could use in the in, in that seem reasonable. Am I and are those features uh, things that are actually what I see provide value in my type of business? And by what I that, by that I mean like is a new feature going to be some AI capabilities that you know provide some uh, uh, trend analysis or predictions, or is that new functionality in NFT marketplace? Like you know you got to figure out which ones which features are like actually providing value to my company and like align with the type of things that I'm looking for in the long term. Or, or not, and so there's also uh, I'd say the other one is how your interaction with that company I think will tell you a lot about how that relationship is because I tapped on this or touched on this a little bit earlier because these low code platforms are very like proprietary and you can't really move from one to another. The second you sign up for one and you start building on it and you're like maybe there for a year uh, or whatever, that company kind of knows they've kind of got you by the mm. grips and. They know that they can't really make you live. And if that company starts upping your pricing or support experiences start going down, or like you kind of realize that um, there's kind of a big, I would say, untalked about story in the industry of basically, you know, once someone signs for a one-year contract or, or whatever, then you're getting renewals of 10%, 20% year over year because you're not going to go anywhere. They know they got you. And so how that customer or how that vendor gives you like a cancellation policy or a refund policy, uh, how easy it is to, you know, walk away if you had to. That shows a lot about a company of just like their company culture, company ethos, right? More than, you know, any marketing blog or anything can do. Now it's time for our small biz tip in 15 seconds or less. When trying to improve efficiency with technology, consider point and click solutions. They offer control over your workflow without hiring a developer. Thanks again to Tejas Gadia and Zoho Corporation. And please like and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And please leave a comment and let us know what topics you'd like to see covered in future programs. For more small business news and tips, join us at smallbiztrends.com.